The word of our Lord from the Apostle Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. After all, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were also called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word. We pray that you would bless it to our hearts, to our minds, to all of our lives. We pray that you would enable us to hear what you have for us. And we pray that you, through your spirit, would enable us to walk in it. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. To each and every one of us, grace has been given by the Holy Spirit, as Paul says, according to the measure of Christ's gift in verse 7. In verse 1, he told us that furthermore, we have been called in Christ. We have heard the voice of Jesus and we have been welcomed in. We have been invited in as His people. But then He tells us that we are to walk worthy of our calling. What does it mean to walk worthy of this calling that we have in Christ? If His grace has indeed been shed abroad in our lives through His Spirit, if He has given us this gift, What does it mean to walk worthy of it? It means, first of all, to be with one another. We are each like gifts of God. We are given the gift of one another, the gift of another person, the gift of a friend, a family, the gift of a mom or a dad, the gift of a child the gift of a spouse. We're given the gift of another, but we're also given gifts for one another. We are to be ourselves gifts for the sake of others. We are to live our lives with one another so as to be blessed by one another, but also to be a blessing to one another. We were created in the image of God. And if you'll notice in verses 3 through 6, you've got all this Trinitarian language. As he, he tells us that we have been called together and we are invited, we are implored to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, the Spirit of peace. Continuing that idea of the Spirit's work in our lives, he says that there's one body, the church, and one Spirit that 
inspires and empowers and strengthens that body. Just as we're called in one hope. He says, furthermore, there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, one faith in Him, one baptism that He has given to His church to be baptized into the triune name of God. And there is one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. In you all by the indwelling presence of His Spirit. We're created in this triune image. And because of that, we were created for community. We were created to know and love and reflect God. We were created to rightly relate to Him, to know Him, to be in love by Him, to be the recipients of His love, the objects of His affection, but also to return that love. We're created to be image bearers in His world. Little icons of God in the world that He has created. But we're created not just for community and fellowship with God, we're created also for community and fellowship with one another. Other image bearers. Other people who have been made in His image. Other people who have been made according to His likeness. It's not coincidental that each and every one of us has a belly button. Now you might say, hey, I've had mine surgically removed or you know, underwent something crazy years ago and it's no longer there. But we all naturally have belly buttons which remind us that we do not find life in ourselves Our life is always a gift to us from another person. We do not find fulfillment in ourselves. We find fulfillment in others. Not in a codependent type way, but in a a communal, triune life type way. God created us for relationships. And we're called in Christ to rightly relate to one another. And ultimately, we're created for community with all of creation. God gave us this beautiful world filled with majesty, filled with awe-inspiring, I like the word picturesque. I remember in elementary school uh, learning the word picturesque on one of our weekly spelling uh spelling assignments, and I've always been fascinated by that word. Something that is worthy of taking a picture, something photographic. Some of you have been to the Grand Canyon. Some of you have been to, perhaps, has anybody been to Egypt and seen the, uh, the pyramids? I mean, that's man-made, but it's still a, 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 a thing of beauty. We've seen all sorts of beautiful sights around the world. Some of us more than others. We've seen beautiful scenery in our backyards. We've seen uh, the, 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 the joy. We've known the joy of seeing plants that we've planted taking root and growing up. And, and we've, we've known the joy of developing a garden and being awed by the beauty and the, the mystery of it. 
God created us to, to rightly relate to the world that He's made. In order to recreate us in Himself, Christ calls us into the community of His church. He calls us from different backgrounds. He calls us from different families. He calls us from different interests. He calls us from different socioeconomic statuses. He calls us from different parts of, the, of, of our greater community. And He calls us together, a diverse people, to make one of many. See, God delights in unity in diversity. He, he, he's the author of the phrase, e pluribus unum, out of one many. For He created us in His image. He created us to be different from one another and yet to find joy in one another. We speak of communion. I love the word parts there because communion is about being united with. Different parts united with one another. We speak of fellowship and typically when I hear fellowship, I think food. I pastored a small rural church in Mississippi some years ago during seminary, and I remember if we were having a fellowship, we were having food. And probably way too much of it. Just like this afternoon. We're going to have way too much food because that's just what we do when we have fellowships. We, we pile it all in, and it's every man for himself, and you might lose a, a fingertip, or who knows what you might lose. But you definitely won't lose weight. That's how those things work. But fellowship is about being along with, to be fellows with, to, to be brought together, to enjoy company. And Paul would have us believe that to walk worthy of our calling that is in Christ Jesus as his church means to be with one another. It's, it's sometimes the most simple of things that we often miss. We were made for this. We were made to know others. We were made to be with others. But to walk worthy of this calling that we have in Christ also means to rightly relate to one another. So not just to relate to one another, not just to be with one another, but to rightly relate to one another. He speaks of long-suffering and bearing with one another. Let's face it. We're all weird. I got a few laughs up here. We're all weird. All of us. Myself included, but especially you. No, I'm just kidding. But no, seriously. We're all weird. We're all different. We all have our own quirks. We all have our own idiosyncrasies. We all have our ways of putting things or saying things. We all have our own interests, our own hobbies. We have our, our own tics or mannerisms. We're all weird. We're all unique. We're all different. 
And sometimes on top of that, we hurt one another unknowingly. To live in community, to live in fellowship, to live with relationships is to submit ourselves to the possibility of being hurt. And it is to submit others to the possibility of us hurting them. I'm a Simon and Garfunkel fan. Um, it's just one of the things I like. I, I like a lot of their a lot of their music, but um, I'm reminded of the song "I'm a Rock." I'm an island because a rock feels no pain. I think the next line is "An island never cries." As the poet John Donne said, "No man is an island left entire unto himself." We are all part of one another. When you hurt, I hurt. And that ought to be the case. As the church of God, as people who have been called together into community, there are times when there's friction. There are times where there's pain. There's time, there are times where there's discomfort. But God purifies us through the steady friction of living in communion with others. It is God's way of rubbing off the rough spots of our lives. We think of friction as bad, but friction is not always a bad thing. It doesn't always mean problems. It doesn't always mean resentment or bitterness. Friction is simply about two objects rubbing up against one another. And as we are called to rightly relate to one another, we are called to bear with one another, to be long-suffering with one another, knowing that the other before me has the potential to change me and knowing that I have the potential to change him. We were created for this sort of life together. We were made for this. And sometimes as a result of the fall that we have fallen into, rightly relating to one another requires a bit of bearing. It requires a bit of understanding. It requires a bit of patience. It requires adjustment. Paul says, walk worthy of this great calling that we have in Christ. To walk worthy of this calling means thirdly, to rightly think of ourselves. He invites us to lowliness, gentleness. He invites us to humility. And humility is, is a, it's a rightly ordered sense of self. C.S. Lewis pointed out that humility is not necessarily about thinking poorly of yourself. It is to refrain from thinking too much, too often, and too highly of yourself. Humility is not thinking I can do nothing right. 
it's in reality refraining from thinking I can do no wrong. We are called into the life of the community. We are called into the lives of others by the word of Christ. And as we interact with others, as we come upon other people and we come upon the friction of living in community, we do ourselves and we do others a service by thinking of ourselves rightly, not too highly, but humbly. Remembering who we are, remembering our tendencies to fumble. Remembering our hurts and our scars and the hurts and the scars that we have inflicted on others. Not to debase ourselves, but to simply have a proper sense of self. Because the fact is, to get to the joy of others, we must first get beyond ourselves. If we are going to enjoy life among others, we've got to be willing to get past ourselves. God calls us into fellowship. He calls us into community. He calls us to the lives of others. And He offers us in that community joy. He offers us happiness. He offers us laughter. It's, have you ever noticed it's kind of awkward when you're laughing by yourself? It's, um, in fact, typically when we laugh, we want to share that laughter with others. Hey, honey, you got to hear this. And then it's really awkward if she doesn't laugh at what you've laughed at. You're thinking, oh, come on, come on. Laughter is always best with others. Because joy, which laughter is kind of a, 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 an outbursting expression of joy. Joy is about others. We find joy in knowing and loving and reflecting God. And He calls us by virtue of that joy that we found in Him to find joy in others and to bring joy to others and ultimately to offer joy to all of creation. But to enjoy joy, we must first get past ourselves. Thankfully, that's what God is at work to do in us. To pry our lives outward. To pry our hands off of ourselves. To pry our interests and our focus and our centeredness off of ourselves and onto Him and toward others.
We walk worthy of the calling to which we are called in Christ. As a response to the grace that is given to us through His Spirit according to Christ's measure. By living in the fullness of what we're made for. We're made for this. We're made for community. We are made for others. We are made to love God and His people. To know Him. To reflect Him. We were made for this. So now what? That's always the question. What do we do with this? Obviously, we've got uh, an incredible lunch that is prepared for us that's going to be available to all of us at Bill and Jan's house afterwards. We'll mention that at the end of the service, reminding everyone where we're going. We always find joy and delight around food. There's something about that. But what do we do? We enjoy one another's fellowship. We enjoy one another's company. We break bread together. We spend time around each other. Next Sunday... Yes, now that you know where and when to find us, we're here. What do we do? We, we continue this. We continue strengthening one another. We continue singing together. We continue hearing together. We continue worshiping our triune God together. There was a reason why the Hebrews writer said, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as is the manner of some. Because we were made for this. We were made for one another. Some of you might be interested in a small group. Several of you are are already in small groups. Some of those small groups have recently ended and some are coming to a close. We've got information out on our welcome table about small groups that are starting up, financial small groups and Bible study small groups, a variety of small groups. But in small groups, we find a, a, more, a more intimate opportunity to live in fellowship with others, to encourage one another and strengthen one another. I want to encourage all of us to, to stop by the welcome table. I believe... Bill's going to have those same cards at his house at lunch as well. And take a look at some of the opportunities to get involved in the life and ministry of our church. I promise you this, you'll be blessed by it. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we bow before you as our great God and King. And we pray that you would challenge us, that you would encourage us, 
that you would, through your Spirit, enable us to walk worthy of the calling to which we have been called in your Son, Jesus. We pray that you would open up our lives to others. That you would help us to live in community, in fellowship. We pray that you would help us to bear with one another, to suffer long with one another, to encourage and strengthen one another. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to humbly think rightly of ourselves. We pray that you would help us to not be centered around our lives, but to be centered around your life. And through being centered around your life, we pray that you would get us into the lives of one another and others. We pray that you would bless our time together. We pray that you would help us to respond to what your Spirit is doing in our hearts, how you would see fit. We pray that you would help us to love you and to love one another. For we were made for this in your image. Amen.